So many of you have worked so hard to prepare for the labor and birth you want to have so that you can work with God's design to do things the right way. You have your beautiful birth, but then you have a new baby in your arms, and the doctor says something isn't quite as it should be with your baby. Now what? Is it really wrong? Do you need to do something? Well, but if you do, are you setting yourself up for a long cascade of testing and interventions? And if you don't, are you endangering your baby? How do you know what to do? Let's talk about it today. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth, if we work with His design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for His glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Mamas, you know how much I love your reviews. I tell you every single week. And you lovely ladies just keep on leaving me reviews. And I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you. If you, though, you right there, if you're one of the people who hasn't left me a review yet, did you know that that is the best thing that you can do to help me? My podcast is free. I pour all of this information into the podcast to try to help you have your birth God's way, the way that you want it to be. So the best thing you can do for me, just to pay me back maybe a teeny tiny little bit is just to take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts if you can. If not, on whatever podcast app you use, just hit pause real quick. Go leave me a quick review. I promise I'll wait for you. See, I'm waiting. It will help me so much to find other mamas just like you who are craving the same information. They are wanting the same kind of birth that you're wanting, but they just haven't quite found the information yet. And your review might be the one that causes them to find the show and to give it a chance. Today, I want to read for you a review that's a little bit longer than usual, but I love it because it gives so much detail and so much encouragement to me. It was left on November the 4th by Kat Ann Z. She says, Lori is an advocate for God's design for the natural birthing process. With her knowledge and experience in and out of the hospital system, she, like other eye-opened nurses like myself, know that hospitals and surgeons have their standard practices, expectations, and motives that direct patient care rather than it being about the individual patient. Hospitals are good for what they are meant for, emergencies, not healthy people and mamas to be. I am so, so blessed to have come across this podcast as I am expecting my first babe, and of course, I'm praying for a healthy home birth. I feel more prepared and knowledgeable after learning from Lori. I continue to share this podcast with other future and current moms. There is a better option. God's way is truly the best way. Keep doing the good work, Lori. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you for that encouragement. 
You just don't know what it does for me to see words like this. It really gives me gas in the tank to keep going forward. And looks like you're a nurse like I am, and you have somehow escaped the insanity, at least for your own pregnancy. And I'm so, so glad that you have. Today, we're going to talk about the, since I use the word insanity, we'll just use that word one more time. We're talking about the insanity that can happen after birth. After you've done all that hard work and you've managed to get through your birth, maybe had it exactly like you wanted it, but now the baby's here, you gave birth in a hospital, and they are trying to push various treatments on you, and you're not really sure if they're needed. You're starting to feel like maybe there's a cascade of interventions for babies. I had several mamas contact me about this topic, and so that's why I decided to do the podcast to give you some encouragement and to give you some information that you need to navigate the waters after the baby's here. One of those members of our Christian Pregnancy Facebook group asked a question the other day in a way that I'd really never thought of, and I've already used the term, but I'm going to say it again. She asked if there was such a thing as a cascade of interventions for babies. And honestly, I'd never really thought of it in those terms. It just, it resonated though, because it really kind of is that way. In her case, she was being pressured about her baby's weight gain and they were trying to get her to supplement or just make the switch to formula. She said she felt so knowledgeable about pregnancy, but then the vulnerability of having a new baby with a thousand discussions and decisions to be made was hard to manage because she just didn't feel prepared. That conversation led to lots of other mamas echoing the same concerns and requesting more info, which is what led me to develop this episode. You know I'm a midwife, and I've been in this world a long time. But you may not know that as a young nurse in the Navy, I became what was kind of sort of known as the sick baby nurse on my floor. We didn't have a nursery where babies all went all the time unless we had a baby that needed special care. And I eventually became the one that would tend to those babies on my shift. I loved it. It was my thing. I really, really enjoyed it. I was trained in a local neonatal intensive care unit, and I actually ended up going on to moonlight there, which basically means that I worked an extra job there in my off time from the Navy. And then after I was out of the Navy, I did some travel nursing working in NICU. So I've got quite a bit of experience in the area of taking care of babies who might need a little help. Maybe you're just flat out sick, maybe have things going on. And then also the ones that are totally normal and don't really need all the interventions. I've seen all the sides of it. I'm sad to say this is also another one of the areas that I was probably a culprit of the pressure campaigns at that point in my career. The same pressure that the mama in the Facebook group was bringing up, I was probably that one at some point. Now, I never really discouraged breastfeeding because I always thought that that was the best way to go, but maybe for other testing, I'll would not deny or try to deny that I wasn't one of the ones probably putting the pressure on trying to get you to conform to the protocol, to the standards, to the routines. I'm ashamed of it. I wish I had known better, but at least I've come full circle now and kind of figured it out. So today we're not going to go into each individual scenario because it's just too much, but I'm going to talk about some general situations and then maybe dig into some more specifics later. So let's talk about three things that you need to remember when it comes to your baby and the care of your baby after birth. The number one thing that I need you to tell yourself over and over and over again when anyone 
tries to do anything to your baby or with your baby, listen to me. You are the mother. You are that child's sole caregiver when it comes to the hospital. The father has some say, but you're the one that's a patient there. You are the mom. Our medical system seems to have forgotten that. You are the decision maker and you are that baby's protector. No one loves your baby more than you do. And just like your birth is yours to decide all the things, it's up to you to decide what's going to happen. So your baby is yours and your baby's care is yours to decide. That's the first thing to keep at the forefront of your mind as a premise to the next two things. Because if you forget that thing, it's very easy to start to feel like you're not qualified to make a decision. Mama, you're qualified. God picked you to be that baby's mama. That alone makes you qualified. The second point is going to deal with the feeding. And that's mainly because that was the issue that came up in the conversation on the Facebook group. But it's also a very, very common one. And I know that most of you listening to this podcast do choose to breastfeed. And so this is one that tends to catch a whole lot of breastfeeding mamas. Choosing to breastfeed your baby does not mean that anyone has permission to put more scrutiny on your baby than any other baby. I don't know if that was clear or not, so I'm going to just say it one more time. By choosing to breastfeed your baby, that doesn't mean that they get to pick on your baby or do more things to your baby than the bottle-fed baby down the hall. It doesn't justify blood sugar checks or Billy Rubin checks just because they decide that your baby is, quote, at higher risk. They're not. They are not at higher risk. They are doing the normal thing the way that God designed them to be fed, and it is not an excuse for the hospital to put more scrutiny on your child. It does not justify pressure for that baby to gain weight at the rate of a bottle-fed baby because they're not the same. You're comparing apples and oranges when it comes to how the feeding system works. Have you ever held a bottle and just like turned it upside down? What happens? The formula just drips out, right? If you hold it upside down, drips are going to come out. Now, unless you're engorged and you're having letdown, your breasts don't do that. And even if they do that for a little while, they don't continue to do that. So because bottles are so much easier to get formula out of than a breast is a easy to get milk out of, more can get in quicker. And sometimes babies can essentially be force-fed. They can end up drinking more than they really need before their system catches up to realize it because it's such a quick process, relatively speaking. They can gain a lot of weight just by overfeeding. And so that obviously can lead to a faster weight gain. Now, usually they're not going to overfeed chronically because they'll end up spitting up the difference. But my point is they will consistently get more, at least a little bit more than breastfeeding babies get. And they will likely gain weight faster than breastfeeding babies do. But that's not necessarily because that's normal or what's needed. It's certainly not what's normal. Breastfeeding babies draw out exactly what they need 
and they will not ever be force fed more because nothing is going to just pour into their mouth. If they don't pull it out, they're not going to be drinking it. So that can, that actually leads to what's a normal weight gain. But because so many babies now are formula fed, the hospital has started to say that that's abnormal when really it's normal. Remember also that if you've had a labor at a hospital, that you have very likely had IV fluids for some period of time, maybe a long period of time. And all of that fluid has also crossed over into the baby, or not all of it, but some of it has also crossed into the baby. And that baby will be peeing that out over those first few days. And so it can make it look like the baby has lost more weight than they really have. There's a lot of things at work here that can lead to the hospital concluding that your baby's just not gaining weight fast enough or it's lost too much weight. Breastfeeding your baby does not mean that they get to push supplements on your baby just to make sure that your baby's getting enough. If your baby is satisfied, if he's peeing and pooping, there's no reason to supplement. And by the way, it is normal for babies to lose weight. All babies lose some weight from some of that fluid, like I said. They have what's called brown fat, which is God's design to give them the energy that they need in those first few days when you're only making colostrum. By the way, that colostrum is perfect nutrition for them, even though it's very small in amount. It's perfect for them. Remember that a baby's stomach is the size of the baby's fist. Think about how small that is. It's tiny. We have decided in our culture that turning up a two-ounce bottle into a baby's mouth on day one of life is what the baby needs. It's not. That baby's tummy is just not that big. Babies will take what they need. It's a supply and demand system. If they're not getting enough, they'll nurse more and tell your body that it's time for your body to make more milk. It's a beautiful system. But if you supplement, if you start to give your baby supplements, you actually will decrease the demand because now your baby's going to be fuller. They're not going to nurse on you as long, which means that your body's going to think that the baby's already getting plenty and it's going to cut back and not make as much. It's supply and demand. So it is essential for you to remember that you are doing what is normal. You are doing what God designed you to do. Your baby's doing what God designed it to do. And that breastfeeding should be treated as 100% normal. You should not be scrutinized or have things pushed on you because you have decided to breastfeed. And if you feel that happening, you need to push back. You need to consult with a lactation consultant. And you need to remind these people that you are the baby's mother, not them. Number three, choosing not to have the conventional treatments done on your baby also does not give them permission to put more scrutiny on your baby. What kind of conventional treatments am I talking about? I'm talking about routine blood sugar checks, bilirubin checks, baths, exams, heel pricks, injections, so many things. There are a lot, a lot of things that are done routinely at hospitals to every single baby. But essentially none of these things are really even needed and by the way, none of these things are considered routine at home or in birth center. So that's why I'm only talking about hospitals today is because these things just don't happen routinely. They might happen if they're needed, but they're not ha they don't happen routinely in birth centers or at home. 
Now, I can't go through each test here today because the episode would be so, so long. But what I can say is that none of these things were standard before hospitals came along and figured out how to bill for them. Yeah, I said it. They bill for all these things. They bill for all the blood tests. They bill for all the bilirubin checks, even with the little machine that checks for the, through the skin. They bill for all of it. It's all a billable code. And so that gives you a big, big hint into why everything is routine for every single baby, whether they need it or not. None of these things should be routine. As with all interventions, they should be based on symptoms and need. Using your brain, looking at the baby, looking at what the baby is showing us, deciding if the baby needs it or not, not just putting a check in the box. That said, hospitals fundamentally disagree with pretty much everything I just said, and they are likely going to try to pressure you to do the things that are routine. This is one reason why I emphasized so much early in the podcast episodes and why I continue to emphasize how important it is that you take a lot of time when you're choosing your birth location because your power is limited once you are there. Just by being there, you will, are vulnerable to what they say needs to happen. So do your homework early on. If you are a mama right now listening who's either not pregnant yet or maybe very, very early pregnant, I'm telling you, you need to take a lot of time deciding where you're going to have your baby because you can prevent pretty much all of the stress that I've discussed so far just by making a good choice. Talk to the hospitals, call to the floor, ask them what's routine, ask them how they honor mom's wishes if they don't want to do what's routine. Try your best to find a home birth midwife or a birth center if possible. It's just so much pressure, mama. I don't know how to help you to understand this other than to say you know how much you love that baby. And when a provider starts to put into your head that you might be doing something wrong, that there's something wrong with your child, and it's your fault if you don't do something about it, it is very, very easy, just like in labor, it's very, very easy. It's very easy to give in because you are scared that you're going to hurt your child. Even though what they're telling you that needs to be done might not need to be done. And I can't tell you for sure without knowing the situation whether it is or not. But I can tell you that if you're in a place that these things are not routine, that they will not happen unless they're needed. So keep that in mind and make a very good choice on the front end because once you're there, it's much harder. This is also a reason why I teach in my course about forming a baby care plan, not just having a birth plan, but having a baby care plan because having a care plan for yourself for birth is just not good enough. It's the beginning, it's essential, but it's not enough. You have to also have a care plan for your baby for the nursery staff or the postpartum nurse or whomever is caring for your baby so that they can know what your choices are and what your wishes are. These things may seem like no big deal to you now, especially if you've never had a baby before. You might not think it's really that bad. You may not think it's really that big of a deal, but just come on, hop over in our Facebook group and look at some of the conversations that have been had recently and you will see very quickly they're a common problem and they are a big deal, and you really need to take the time to make good choices. Bottom line here, though, is that I can't hit it all. 
I can't talk about it all here. This episode would go on for days and days and days if I hit every situation here. But I can tell you this. Trust your gut. You are the woman that God chose to be this baby's mother. You know what's best. You know in your gut if something is wrong with your baby that needs intervention. You know in your gut if everything's okay and the intervention can be skipped or can wait, but you have to trust your gut. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask them why they want to do what they want to do. Ask them what they're looking for with the test or with whatever the procedure is that they're wanting to do. Ask them what they're looking for. Ask them why they think your baby needs it. If the answer to any of the questions you ask them is it's our protocol or it's just what we do, then you can say no thank you. Or if maybe it's a bad time, maybe you're in the middle of nursing or you're in the middle of visiting with your mom or whoever else, you can ask them, you know, what happens if we wait? And if they say that it's no big deal, then that alone tells you that it's really not that important. If it can wait, (laughs) it's not needed. Now, there are some exceptions to that, like the uh, metabolic testing. There are some tests that that they are needed and they're non-emergent. I can't cover them all here. But my point is, you need to trust your gut. You need to ask them what they're going to do with the information they're going to get from the test. If the test isn't going to change anything at all, why do it? I know this isn't all the information you want, but again, it's just too much for the scope of one episode. I'll try to cover some individual tests in future episodes when I can, but if you need the information now, just know that you can get it all right now as part of my complete Christian childbirth education course. That course covers everything that you need to know to have your birth God's way. Everything from day one, prenatal nutrition, and maybe even preconception nutrition, We did touch on that a little bit, all the way through baby care after birth and postpartum care for you after birth and all points in between. And you can get instant access to all eight weeks of content on demand, along with handouts, relaxation tracks, affirmation cards, and so much more. I don't want you to feel unprepared for birth, and I don't want you to feel unprepared for caring for your baby. My whole reason for doing this, for having these episodes of the podcast, for having the course My whole reason for doing any of this is to help as many mamas as I can to reconnect with God, to reconnect with their babies, and to reconnect with their bodies, to trust themselves, to learn how to trust yourself. Because our culture has taught us not to trust, to only trust somebody that's got letters after their name. But that's foolish because God made us with intuition. He made us with the knowledge that we need to take care of ourselves and our babies. I want you to learn how to trust yourself and your God. It's hard to do in this culture that teaches you to doubt everything and to fear everything. But this course is going to help erase that fear and give you the tools that you need to move forward caring for yourself and for your baby with confidence. You can learn more about the course or get signed up today at yourbirthgodsway.com slash replay course. That's yourbirthgodsway.com slash replay course. There's a link down in the show notes as well. So you can just go click there. You don't have to remember the website. Just know that this is doable, that you can walk into the hospital 
with the knowledge that you need to make good decisions. You don't have to feel scared. You don't have to feel intimidated. You can learn how to trust your gut and to hold your head high and walk through it with confidence. I know it's intimidating. I know it can be scary, but with the right information, you can erase that fear. And that's what I'm here for. And that's what the course is for. And I hope you'll hop over there and get signed up so that you can not feel scared and you can feel prepared. I can't wait to talk to you guys again right back here next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.